in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Two of the disciples of Jesus were on their way to a village called Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking together about all that had happened. Now, as they talked this over, Jesus himself came up and walked by their side, but something prevented them from recognizing him. He said to them, What matters are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped short, their faces downcast. Then one of them, called Cleopas, answered him, You must be the only person staying in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have been happening there these last few days. What things? he asked. All about Jesus of Nazareth, they answered, who proved he was a great prophet by the things he said and did in the sight of God and of the whole people, and how our chief priests and our leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death and had him crucified. Our own hope had been that he would be the one to set Israel free. And this is not all. Two whole days have gone by since it all happened, and some women from our group have astounded us. They went to the tomb in the early morning, and when they did not find the body, they came back to tell us they had seen a vision of angels who declared he was alive. Some of our friends went to the tomb and found everything exactly as the women had reported, but of him they saw nothing. Then he said to them, You foolish men, so slow to believe the full message of the prophets, was it not ordained that the Christ should suffer and so enter into his glory? Then starting with Moses and going through all the prophets, he explained to them the passages throughout the scriptures that were about himself. When they drew near to the village to which they were going, he made as if to go on, but they pressed him to stay with them. It is nearly evening, they said, and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. Now, while he was with them at table, he took the bread and said the blessing. Then he broke it and handed it to them. And their eyes were open and recognized him, but he had vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us as he talked to us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? They set out that instant and returned to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven assembled together with their companions who said to them, Yes, it is true. The Lord is risen and has appeared to Simon. Then they told their story of what happened on the road and how they had recognized him at the breaking of bread. The Gospel of the Lord Today's Gospel reading is a bit of an anomaly, a departure from what we would have expected. In Cycle A of the Lectionary, the Gospel selections are normally taken from the Gospel of St. Matthew, and in the season of Lent and Easter, we are also treated to passages from the fourth Gospel, that of St. John's. But today we are given this famous passage taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, it's the story of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. 
Their faith had died along with the man whom they had trusted and followed. At the beginning of the story, the two are weighed down by the heavy spectre of death, like an albatross hung around their necks. The power of the resurrection had yet to touch them. This story therefore connects our Lord's story with ours. His resurrection is not just a one-off event exclusively experienced by him alone. The resurrection is often viewed primarily as the awesome miracle that validates the teachings of Christ and vindicates him against his accusers. But it is more than such crowning evidence, much more. Through faith, his resurrection can become ours. And we see this amazing phenomena in the story of the road to Emmaus. These two disciples, like so many of Jesus' followers, were trying to make sense of their pain and loss. Their walk to Emmaus must have felt like a walk in the desert, in the darkness of death where hope had been abandoned. The reason why the story resonates with so many of us is because we have been there, in that dark place, walking, trudging along, as we drag our feet through the valley of death and tears. That is the condition of humankind unable to find hope when they have not encountered the risen Christ. There is no need for me to remind you that life is full of contradictions, pain and lack of answers. There is unimaginable darkness in this world, and we often seem to have to face it alone. The death of Jesus on the cross was the epitome of all the contradictions and evil, for if, we, if there was going to be a solution and an end to our despair, it would be in the hands of the Saviour that God has sent to us. But as far as the disciples are concerned, he is dead. So if our Saviour is dead, then there is no hope. And so on this path of darkness, our Lord appears to them and accompanies them. He recounts the whole story again, but this time invites them to enter into that story and walk with him as he walks along with them. He helps them to see that the entire fabric of scripture is focused on him, finding fulfillment in him, and can only be understood in him. Here we see the amazing spirit-inspired gift of storytelling, a story of contrast. As these disciples walk home, the evening draws near, and it gets darker. But in terms of their faith, as the Lord begins to expound in the scriptures and open their minds to the secrets therein, their faith becomes brighter. But the moment of recognition will not come at the end of this long biblical exposition. It must have been an exceedingly long sermon because it would have been preached from morning till late evening. Most of you will not be able to sit quietly through a 10-minute homily by the priestish Sunday. So perhaps the solution is not found in making the homily shorter, but longer. The Word of God must ultimately lead to the sacrament. It is in the Eucharist that the Word became flesh, and so St. Luke is using the same words which he had used in chapter 22 to describe the Eucharistic meal. At the table, he took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. It is in the communion of the body and blood of Christ that he gives himself fully to them. It is in the communion of this broken body 
that they can truly meet the risen Christ. The opening of the scriptures was necessary, but it was not sufficient. The word must lead to the sacrament because we can only find the risen Lord fully and be in full communion with him in the meal of the kingdom, the bread of life, the manna from heaven, the medicine of immortality. The word of God did not become a book of dead words. The word became flesh, dwelt among us, and now feeds us with his flesh and blood in the Eucharist. By faith we eat and drink Christ, so that eternal life is given to us. It is here in the Eucharist that we find comfort and renewal from the despair of death, darkness and hopelessness. Because in the Mass we are taken to heaven, and heaven is brought to us. Heaven and earth meet together in the very body and blood of our risen Lord. If we fully grasp this truth, we can then understand the great tragedy of many Catholics who have chosen not to return to church or who consistently miss Masses on Sundays. They are not just denied the sustenance of another meal, a sacred meal, albeit. In fact, they deny themselves the only food that can bring them to heaven. Here and at every Mass, we find light in darkness, life in the midst of death, victory in the brokenness, and a sure hope of our resurrection. Because we have partaken in the very flesh of the one who was to put to death, one who was put to death, but now is alive again. May we always recognize him in the breaking of bread and the sharing of his body and blood. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.